0: yo what's up little baby angel you good
1: <laughs> i'm good man I, just, I was like working out sorry i'm a little late
0: <laughs> oh no I feel no. good though oh okay 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 <laughs> sometimes i don't know if you want to do camera on camera off but i can totally do camera whatever oh no. there you are what up, man?
1: yo <laughs> good to
0: see, Get to see you too i love the setup so Okay, now I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it all the so your CEO <laughs> practice is in your living room. It's like all the clothes. Yeah,
1: everything I do is like out of the living room kind of like especially the clothing projects and doing my like lookbooks here because it's like, what do people actually have? Like, what is the actual place that you're going to be like seeing these things and dressing yourself instead of like these hyper beautiful places that like you never actually existed? Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Coming off strong. That is that is very true. That's very true. Where people's living spaces, it's often a sanctuary, but also at the same time you save a lot of time. But also when people say, Yeah, I'm going to the studio, that's like also another sanctuary and also another place that you have to fill up the space with beautiful artworks. But you're just keeping it all in condensed, all in one. Well, it's also just like this is how I really live. This is what mm-hmm. my aesthetic is. I'm not creating
1: something like in a studio for a look. It's mm-hmm. like you're getting the brand is like exactly showing you kind of like what this lifestyle is. Because for me, it's not about fantasy; it's about reality. Like the mm-hmm. fantasy is actually making a better reality or having a
0: good one. To have, you know, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. especially with all this all all this talk about augmented like different realities AI don't you want to be in the time right now you want to be in the here and now are you um, are are you do you yeah what's what's your hot take I guess you could say
1: (laughs) (laughs) well hot take immediately On what? On like AI, on like the focus on what I'm doing being like towards reality? Or what do you mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 With all that.
1: Well, I think, I think about a lot, obviously, working with Lucky Me and like in the music industry, Mm -hmm. like how AI is like very much coming for people's throats, like closer almost. Like it's going to write a Hollywood script. It's probably going to make a hit song for TikTokers if it Mm -hmm. hasn't already. (laughs) And I think that like, that hyper reality is just becoming so overwhelming that actual things happening in real life stand out so much when they're good, and when it's not a fake like thing, when you actually create something real that's happening, it hits so hard. And that's going to like kind of compound over the next decade to the point where I think like people won't even engage with the Internet unless you're kind of like in an addict mode where you just like love this AI content being shoved down your throat. So it's very much about reality. And all my practice, I've realized it's like you just need to make actual the actual world more like the fantasy or more beautiful because that's how you actually create the world. You know, don't create a pocket of escapism. Actually change the world so that it's better for whatever you're trying to create, you know. Coming off.
0: <laughs> I just like I'm also trying to, I'm also trying to. Not bridge, but you know, you being in Montreal and me being in New York, there are similarities. I mean, t- but you know, hmm. today they announced the end of like the whole writer strike. Yeah. Like they, they yeah. came to like agreed? Oh, they came shit, to crazy. some type of yeah, some type of agreement, but also Dude. at this yeah. It's yeah. but <laughs> at the same time, it's like, you know, our talks on AI or the algorithm or yeah there was a time what just like a couple months ago when they were talking about that drake weekend track being nominated for the grammys and i was like wait we're seriously yeah (laughs) but also also i mean also at the same time I I know there's just like everything's going like super fast but at first I was like anti algorithm anti social media but now I'm like so deep in it because of the fact that like I guess it's part of my job but also with the algorithm or anything and specifically for music I'm finding all of these amazing new tracks. They're not new. They're like tracks from the 90s or the 80s through social media that's like coming out. And then now I'm like listening at like record bars. It's like, I don't know whether to hate it or love it. It's it's so confusing.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah. The thing is that like, I don't think you can really be anti-AI. Like it's an emerging hyper intelligence that's mm-hmm. going to be here, no matter what we do and like you are like want to disagree with it or whatever doesn't matter it's about what like do we do with it in the time that we actually can do things with it before it only can do whatever it wants (laughs) you know like you, you need to like be thinking about these things and using these things especially like creatives because the like CEOs don't want creatives in the creative industry that's like the worst part of it for them they hate us like as people and what we do and they also hate having to like deal with like paying us actual living wages that's like what right. this is all about
0: <laughs> i know it's like the end it's not i don't want to say it's the end but just last week I, I don't know about you but i i i mean yeah actually i do know because i kind of <laughs> i know you through twitter which is funny so i still love i love twitter and i will never call it x and twitter it's just i found i mean for some weird reason it's like a collective hold for these creatives to also talk about like in real time what's going on and there is no bs like there last week people were talking about like how it's been so bad this year for creatives like freelance creatives and i'm part of that it was just cool to see this community just like talk about like how slow it is or like because of the economy and like it's not even slow it's just like people don't want to pay them out basically and there was a time not that long ago where like freelancers were to be a freelancer was like the biggest privilege ever and like having all of your clients like put all this trust in you that was key but now it's it's like Yeah, like you said, CEOs, it's like pushing us to go back into full-time work. (laughs) Crazy.
1: Yeah, there's so many, we need so many labor movements to happen. Like since COVID, things have gotten so much worse for everyone working, you know? And it's like, like, I think people at the top, we all kind of like broke in a way where we were like, fuck this, I think, in the richest can go fuck this and actually just stop paying ourselves. <laughs> whereas we're like we don't have the power in that situation but i definitely understand that everybody's kind of moved towards this place where everything's flowing a bit less freely
0: mm-hmm.
1: like in every way like whether that's money that's gigs that's like your happiness or like whatever into the world there's something that's just like blocking all that right now and everyone's kind of dealing with that and it like manifests whether it's jobs or like whatever you know
0: Totally. And it has, I didn't think it would hit this point, but it's finally broken my happiness. Not to say in a <laughs> negative, deep, like, like I, good. Start, we got yes. <laughs> I started the podcast out of love and late, like love, the labor of love and, and as a way to escape. And now because of everything that's happened, it's like pushing me to be like, have you thought about Patreon and like ads? And now it's yeah. like, wow, I didn't want to, but now it's it's pushing me to like create content, like be this like grown adult doing TikToks. <laughs> and I just yeah I didn't expect that.
1: Yeah. I mean, is the TikTok strategy something that like you're trying to do for expanding your stuff, or that's something that you were just told is helpful in general right now? I just A little- I'm interested in
0: a little bit of both. And that's a great question. Okay. And and that's the thing. Yeah. It's because a lot of my friends, you know, when you're on TikTok and you want to tag, like when I was out in Sweden, I was hanging out with Braulio Amato and I was trying to tag him on TikTok, but he's not on TikTok. And I was, and I thought to myself, <laughs> yeah, there's people that's still not on TikTok, you know, like, yeah. because they chose not to, but like those that have to go to TikTok, it's because it's like, that is part of some type of agenda of, you know, creating something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I I think about it all the time because I mean, like at the label, we're engaging with like TikTok all the time and like how much money and how much time do we put into this? And what does it actually do for our artists? And we've seen like incredible things happen. People go viral and stuff, but the like actual strategy of it and the mental health repercussions and like all these things. I watch people turn into TikTokers and it does not look
0: good for you. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't, and also even <laughs> even in the YouTube uh, realm as well. Oh yeah, it's the same thing. It, it like
1: recalibrates how you speak, like the way that you like engage people, even when you're not online. It's very strange. It's like, very content.
0: strange. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, some of my clients are c- celebrities that that are actors and and whatnot, but that they when they switch gears over to social media they they start talking like a robot and they're like this is like what my statistics look like and i'm just like dude we're like out having dinner right now like we're out like hanging out and and you're like on go mode
1: yeah well it's scary cuz all these things are kind of like aesthetics to help you get caught up by the algorithm which i'm sure you know as you're making these things like how do you like keep interest like immediately how do you do a sentence structure that kind of like keeps people hanging on and then you stop and then you keep going quick and stuff like that and it's like this is just a it's made by the worst people you could imagine like there's some nerd somewhere wrote an algorithm that chooses how all these people now talk and like attune their whole life to learning how to talk to you but that's not a person who was like this is the best way to communicate information it just is like some little thing that works for their app Mm -hmm. or for youtube or whatever and it's scary to see like people kind of get pulled into that black hole of like acting out like once i mean this is ai it's like it's you're acting out the once of a very stupid uninformed kind of like all-powerful authoritarian like ruler it's like it's so bad and like when i see really interesting people go into these things i'm just interested in like how do you engage with that are you looking for like a fan base that's already completely melted their brains on this stuff and then like you do you engage them are you going to try and find like people who are engaging kind of on a realistic real world level but through TikTok? And can you, you know?
0: I, I don't think know. about that all <laughs> the time. But also, that was a good thing that you brought up about that nerd that created the algorithm. Cause also with the fall of Airbnb, the yeah. the nerds over at Airbnb, when they started this whole thing off, they didn't. I'm just wondering, do you think they they knew that it would have shifted like Change the course of did do you think that they knew what they were what they were doing would also mess up a whole (laughs) yeah like basically destroy cities and like you know have people go homeless and like and have like the prices of rent go up all because of I that. actually
1: know like definitely nothing about the people who started that but like in my experience with tech people their like understanding of the world is so narrow and so flat mm-hmm. that I can't possibly imagine that they would be looking at like political and like social like repercussions for anything they do because it's just about having the like quick turnover on investment and having something that people get like money signs in their eyes as soon as they hear the idea you know <laughs>
0: yeah that's why we're going going back to hotels
1: god i hate hotels too though that's the problem like (laughs) when you go to a city you want to like live you want to be in a house you know what i mean like i don't know i vacation i want to like actually live the lifestyle i don't want to like be because if you're in a hotel you could be anywhere in the world they're all the same you you can go to a luxury hotel a bit of a different vibe but like Uh if you know what barcelona is like you have to live in a house in barcelona that's true. That's a very different home, than like a house in Cafe or like whatever, you know?
0: When was the last time you toured? Where I just feel that now, if we're touring, would we be crashing at friends' houses or would we be doing hotels? And like, no one talks about <laughs> motels anymore. I don't know.
1: Cause like I've done the hotel thing and it's stupid because you drop so much money to mm. have like six hours of terrible sleep or like, wh- or not, you know? <laughs> and like the friend's couch is like definitely the better way of like keeping the cultural activity you're doing alive, yeah. I think. Whereas the hotel so is like true. a retreat from like everything. You're kind of like, it's over, you know? Or like you bring a few people to the hotel, but like you're, you're cutting yourself off from like the reality of that city kind of. So it's always better to like crash with people. It's not very comfortable normally. And like, it's a lot to ask.
0: <laughs> it, it is a lot to That's ask. Lot. When you said keeping the cultural activity alive. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, you know, when people drop music every Friday, then there's like a lot of music going on. Lots of music being put out. It It's obviously oversaturated. But when you come across that one album that drops and it's good from the top to bottom. I was listening to friend and guest of the show, Al Men's new record that came out this past Friday and they were in a band called great grandpa. They dropped their new record. And the thing was, I n- understood that like on social media, you know, musicians that have famous friends that have, that got a lot of money, they're, they're killing it. But there is like, there's musicians that are up and they're not up and coming, but they're like they're grinding out to put out that record. And that yeah. record finally comes out and it's so good. But everything that, you know, they said about like, you know, they needed like extra work or like to house it or like pets it or just like get grind out to like make some extra money. When that when that record came out or and I was listening, I was like, yo. This is worth so much more money, like all the money in the world. It means, like, yeah. It was so good. I was like, dude, I hope you become, like, I, I don't, I just, yeah. I hate money, but <laughs> I hope you get it all because this record means, yeah. like, is like worth so much more, and I couldn't believe it, and it was, yeah, because you can't, you know, people on Wall Street can't write a record like this at all. There's no way. <laughs> Well,
1: surely they will be with a a little bit of a plug in. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) But you're absolutely right. Like the value of that is so unlimited. It's like, how would you even like return someone for like taking the human experience and bottling it in a way that actually is meaningful for people? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like that's like it gives you it's like life affirming in a way. Not very many things are. So it's like it's worth infinite money. yeah it's a who (laughs) and who has the money
0: (laughs) in in your clothing rack right behind you so is Mm -hmm. it mostly the stuff that you've made or is there also like is your wardrobe also in there or
1: my wardrobe's in there a lot of it's stuff I've made um pre-covid I was kind of hoping that like I could have people come over and they could like see the rack and pick out pieces they like just from it from hanging out and like build an outfit kind of like you're going to do an in-store so that's That's kind of why I built the rack out there but I love just it's really helpful to look at what you're doing and like all the clothes you wear and like how they work together and like I mean it's art to me the texture and like the fabrics of all those things I just like love it so it's a great feeling to wash over me just like ambiently in the room
0: (laughs) do you not have like a bedroom or a closet
1: this is a studio apartment. So it's like basically a big room that goes like all the way back there, kitchens over in the corner. But it's kind of like when I moved back from London when I was first working for Lucky Me, COVID happened. And I grabbed this place in Montreal, kind of in the plateau neighborhood, right by the park. Um, I really wanted somewhere where I could work from home, but also kind of gave me a lot of big space to like work on any projects that I was doing or like record music or something like that. So this is kind of like Half a workspace, half a place I'm living. But I'm definitely about to get. I need rooms again. <laughs> it's been it's been too long without
0: rooms. <laughs> I need I need rooms again. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a studio apartment. I mean, I've had small, micro, one bedroom apartments, but mm. to to have a studio, to have everything laid out, I think I would have to do the same thing that you're doing.
1: Oh yeah, well you make it. You have to change the space. You're like, this is not a bedroom. This is like something else. It's not a living room either. Which is cool. It was like fun to like build over time. For sure. But you definitely see why people started inventing walls.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is my life. <laughs>
1: Yeah, especially because it just forces me to kind of get out of the house, though, which is nice, because when I need to change the space, I kind of literally have to go change the space, which is nice, because I live in an area where I so often run into people or, like, have a great experience because I have left the house. So I don't really mind that. I wouldn't really want to be, like, stuck in here all the time, which I would probably do. I'm a bit of a homebody when it, like, comes down to it.
0: (laughs) I'm a a huge homebody, and that's why I don't know how people that – get those super super micro apartments in Manhattan it,
1: that shit's I can't do that I don't know how everyone's doing that like it would destroy me I think mentally
0: <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a saw movie like how are you going to it's just gonna the concept is to make sure that you're always outside 24 7 basically which makes
1: sense in New York, I guess. That's what everyone always says, is that you're never home anyway. So why? Why worry about it? But I don't know. I love being at home. <laughs> I, I need love being, both.
0: I love being <laughs> at home. There's no way. that's. I don't, would never want to do that. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> This is Wear Many Hats presented by Disarm. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. Rate and comment the Wear Many Hats show on Apple Podcasts and drop five stars on Spotify. WMH and Desarm is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Cameron Morse is a musician, producer, designer, and digital painter. I met Cameron IRL during our Desar Wear Many Hats world tour, starting in Montreal at System for LMA with Martin Booty Spoon and friend and guest of the show, Jacques Green, and ran into him again at a coffee shop with artist Dre Wilkin. I would have never pulled up this system if it wasn't for following Cameron on Twitter, no X, and getting out of bed to run out and walking in with CFCF <laughs> and his crew. We're half of Little Baby Angel. Montreal is truly a special place on earth. The rumors are true. You need to visit. Please welcome Cameron <laughs> Morse to wear many hats. Yo, what's up? <laughs> there yo. Montreal is a special place.
1: Absolutely, it's so special. I don't really want to talk about it. Like I don't want to blow it up.
0: <laughs> There's just some things that need to be gay capped, and Montreal is definitely one of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i think it gate keeps itself i mean politically oh, yeah. obviously it has that aspect to it but it's just the winters are very very hard <laughs> oh yeah i think that like that challenge and that kind of like culture that it creates especially here in the spring and summer the explosion of energy is just unmatched it's so amazing to see people kind of come out of the caves cuz people keep going all winter but there is something that shifts you really feel it here which I love
0: <laughs> it truly is do you have a nice winter jacket like what's what's the setup I've been
1: actually well since doing the upcycled stuff I've been trying to find like what's the actual useful thing there. so I've been rocking a carhartt for like 8 years now but that's it really colors who you are if you wear a car (laughs) jacket now. (laughs) So I've been like, fuck, what do I do? So I have like this old Parisian kind of uh, Sherling coat that I have now that I really like. It's like really warm, but it's no. It's all about layering. I feel like it's just having like a hoodie, some thermal on and like a nice jacket, because if you just have like one big jacket, you just have the same outfit on every day here for half the year which is just not so fun
0: (laughs) cartoon character i know it's the worst (laughs) people ask me like how are the winters here in new york i'm like we haven't had a winter
1: (laughs) that sounds nice honestly (laughs) it's really you don't have you don't need like big jacket weather at all like in the city
0: there are times but it's i mean climate change baby god bless yeah
1: okay interesting
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so when you're in Montreal, do you have you been everywhere in canada i mean i just
1: i mean i grew up i lived in victoria bc for a long time and then um a little bit in london ontario basically for high school um, so i've lived west coast and then i've had a bit of ontario growing up and montreal is now I'm montreal is the best place in canada i think like without a doubt obviously like the natural beauty of the east and west coast is like pretty unmatched but i think like as a city montreal feels like the only place that has any culture in canada like at all oh
0: <laughs> I've, I've heard that i heard that like i heard that the six is just like not hidden
1: I mean, there's great, beautiful things going on there, but like when you are there, it very much feels like you're in a Sim City city. It's like mm. a fake kind of a city. It's like not Manhattan. It's like this weird. But I have so many friends there that are constantly telling me I need to get down there. So I don't want to shit talk it too much, but <laughs> uh, in my experience, I just don't feel anything at all there. It feels like corporate and cold, but without the opportunity of like New York or something or London or uh-huh. somewhere where like actually can like go up forever and meet all these interesting people it's like those people aren't really hanging out in Toronto I feel like
0: <laughs> no they're not no they're not <laughs> I I've only been since like when I was a kid in the whole like Niagara Falls situation so yes. <laughs> yeah I mean I got I definitely I mean Niagara Falls cause... is like that
1: too it's like it's this beautiful thing for like three seconds and then you're like there's, there's nothing here there's no culture Like, it would be amazing if there was, like, I'm sure there is culture. We've just completely erased it around, like, what the Niagara Falls region could be spiritually and all those things, you know? Mm -hmm. But now it's like, it's like Toronto. It's just like, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. I've
0: seen a waterfall. (laughs) Are you a spiritual person?
1: (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm I waving in and out of that. I think, like, for Montreal, I'm not a spiritual person. But I grew up kind of with, like, a very Christian family. My mom's, like, Texan. So I have, like... I was, like, praying until I was, like, 14, basically. Mm. And then I was like, what am I <laughs> But But I, I don't know. I'm very... I feel spiritually connected to like everybody and everything. And I think that like, just even from like a physics standpoint of us all truly being one big glob out here, I think that's my spirituality. So I don't know what that means to me. It's like constantly changing, but I feel in tune with like everything. And I try and like appreciate that. In whatever way that means if that's spirituality <laughs> yeah
0: i mean when i was in montreal there were churches left and right and they were so beautiful i mean there's a church that big famous church that's right around the corner from the essence store so i would just go yeah. to essence and then i'd pray after <laughs> <laughs> just repent yeah, yeah i just like i just like need to get a good fit for god you know like so i'll go to the essence mm-hmm. store just re- Getting some tabbies <laughs> and then just pulling up in the pew looking up. That would be
1: amazing if they actually had clothes in the essence store. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a big empty concrete room. It really is. Also... Yeah. Yeah. I think that that thing is especially is very interesting to me. It's like such a, a weird Montreal export. Like everyone knows essence. And it has such a weird um, place in the city and like, especially among the fashion people who work in the scene and like do whatever it it, it's like a very um, contentious, wild beast. I think like in the city for the people here, whereas outside it's just like this great store, you know, has like such a different vibe here.
0: (laughs) It really does it's definitely different from essence online you it seems Mm -hmm. like you can shop everything online and you're but you're only there for the sales but then you pull up to like the brick and mortar and it's nothing (laughs) which is funny because i think that's that thing right it's like how do you create
1: a fantasy for like all these rich people who like are in like beautiful marble buildings all the time. Like you just give them this big empty like prison, basically. <laughs> and they're like, chic, that's beautiful. I don't know. There's something there about how it's just completely empty and like doesn't actually do anything for the city culturally, and is just like this like really expensive monolith to like absolutely nothing.
0: <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> That's how like how documentary series starts. Yeah. (laughs) Well, someone's got to do it. (laughs) Might as well be you. (laughs) No, might as well be Phil Jacques Green. I don't know if you caught his tweet about. All right, now it's time (laughs) for the American Apparel
1: wow no i didn't i got off twitter like two weeks ago and it's been so incredibly amazing for me so i'm I'm bummed that like if that's how you were kind of like finding me it's like that's not a great door to close but i think like at a certain point i was just like i'm downloading people i would never listen to on the streets thoughts straight into my brain all the time Mm -hmm. and i'm like mad about it and it's just like i don't have to do that (laughs) i don't have to go up to those you know what i mean like so I have that. That's going for me right now. So I didn't see that. But Phil is like one of the best tweeters in the world. I think he has like great opinions.
0: <laughs> he really does. So you got on Twitter. Are you taking a break? Or are you out?
1: I'm not going to do either because both are like really obviously fake to say. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> and it's great, been great. Great but answer. I love you. Yeah. I think like you're very right that like it is cool to have this like ability to talk to everyone all the time. Like we really need that. It, we're kind of at lucky me part of the strategy of what I'm doing for the record label is creating more like community places that we actually own, so I'm actually trying to build a forum right now, which I would like to put my time and thoughts that I would have put on Twitter into an actual forum community. So I'm trying to figure out how to get that going. And I think the space from Twitter is kind of like allowing me to reflect on what is a useful discussion to actually have? And like, when do I need that? And how much of it is just like venting? (laughs) And maybe where do I need
0: that? You know? (laughs) (laughs) True, true. I mean, everybody loves Reddit.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I was on Reddit so young that it has this weird, it feels so childish to me still. Like, Uh... I can't go back. It feels like when I was like 15 like just like nerdily, nerdily and I'll say nerd and I can say nerd when I'm like dissing the algorithm makers because I'm definitely a nerd. <laughs> but I would go like crazy on that stuff when I was younger and now I don't know why, but it definitely makes me feel like I'm in like first year of high school or something <laughs> when I'm scrolling it.
0: True. It's the only, <laughs> the thing about Reddit and and forums because I love forums too and I love how forums have started from the span of time when the internet began too and you know you love forums for specific things like i don't know guitar Mm -hmm. gear or like any type of musician gear or anything like that everyone's sharing that same sense where they either you know, want to share their opinion on certain things, but it, it will just be like a specific thing. But then yep. once it I don't know, how do you contain the forum so it doesn't go outside and start talking about different topics like politics? I mean lucky me, everyone at Lucky Me has great politics.
1: <laughs> but... Oh nice. That's great to hear. Um I think that's true, but I think that like in my case, I really want it to go beyond just whatever the focus of music is. Cause I, I find like what the form is, is creating like a shared cultural idea. So maybe you all care about clothes or you all care about like uh, pedals or like whatever boats. But then that allows you to know that everyone you're talking to has some sort of shared understanding of the world or interest in the world. So talking to those people about politics is actually quite useful or talking to those people about other things because, you know, you already have this like shared relationship. Whereas on Twitter, you have no idea or on Reddit, you have no idea what these people like belong to, unless you're like in a subreddit, I guess that's the form. I think you don't want to contain it. You really want to like create somewhere that's like such a core community that talking about everything else does make sense because it's all interconnected anyways. Like, why are we interested in pedals? Why are we interested in fashion? I mean, I come out of like the these forums era, basically, that was like my start, like back when like Odd Future was actually posting on there and stuff. That was like my heyday as a kid and like you would have all these music forums and I'd be posting music and getting responses, but then you would go talk shit in like a random thread. And that was like really interesting. It was like actually having a scene you belong to, even mm-hmm. though I was like a kid in the suburbs or something.
0: Mine was the absolute punk.net forums Sick. <laughs> and, and, that and, and, and the last FM forums. So it was just like oh, talking about, the war tour days and then like shifting over to talking about like indie music but there's no DJ yeah. culture or anything like that <laughs> no DJ when, when what what's the heyday of like last Fm's form I didn't even know they had one I think I think it's either a, a form or it's just comment based or something like that oh so crazy yeah 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 but I could be wrong they're all blending together I don't know, it was but <laughs> at the same time People still use Last FM. I, I'm sure they that like all these tech companies or whoever creates like all these new music <laughs> apps use all those old websites. I I do love like what's your hot take on Shazam? Like I love Shazam.
1: <laughs> hot take on Shazam. It's dope. And the fact that people think it's weird that you would never use it is hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, why wouldn't you want to know a song? Like, why would you want to gatekeep a song like that? Also, it's so frustrating to me. Coming from music culture, I found it so, like, infuriating. It's what kept me out of music so much is that kind of, like, gatekeeping culture. It's just, like, I want to be a part of it even if I was accepted in it. It was just, like, what am I going to do? Just, like, start gatekeeping other people? That sounds terrible. (laughs) Like, it was only when I realized that wasn't actually part of the process. That was just, like, what the scene evolved into right that like really got interested in art and all these things
0: it's only because i just went to this new vinyl like record bar in manhattan I, i feel like there's a bunch of these uh specific this one's called in sheep's clothing but i'm sure that there's the same one in florida like miami or los angeles but i could be wrong as well but i went to this record bar and it just opened up and 10 minutes in they they're playing this amazing artist that I've never heard of and I immediately shazam it and it's this musician Poison Girlfriend who came out in the 90s and I didn't expect that would be like the first song I'd listened to in this spot and i just keep <laughs> like playing it like after oh, and yeah. so it's because and like i shazam that and i could have like asked and the the record's like right behind the bar but it, it was weird because i don't know the bartenders i think are the owners but they're like they weren't really like that cool like they weren't like montreal chill <laughs> and so i i i'm just like happy that You know some tech is bad but then there's some tech that's good
1: oh absolutely I mean that's like what I mean about the AI thing it's like we just have to find out ways to use this as we can in like beneficial ways for us and I think that like something like that is obviously beneficial for everyone like being able to like I mean even It's not quite as good as I would like. That's my hot take on Shazam is like sometimes you're watching a movie or something and it can't pick it up through the dialogue or whatever. Mm. And you're like in the back of this scene, in this club, in this movie, there's like the best song and I can't find it in the soundtrack. I don't know where the fuck it is. (laughs) That's what I need. They need to fix that
0: shit. (laughs) I mean, there's always going to be bugs and everything.
1: Yeah, for that, well, I mean, the AI stuff is so crazy and how quickly it's able to, like, ride itself out of the bugs that it has. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of, like, all this, like, reinforcement learning and stuff is just, like, it'll be pretty crazy to see how quickly the, like, things we think are holding tech back just, like, dissolve over the next decade.
0: With (laughs) all this talk about AI climate change and just you know maybe aliens who knows do you ever okay so i w- I was thinking about this oh i think about this a lot actually but specifically this year and because we're like post-pandem or still in it whatever i've been doing this like just our wear many hats tour all this year but everyone's been touring Do you think, or do you have a little feeling, not to get morbid, but that people are doing all this, or, I mean, this is what I'm doing, but, like, I don't know if I'm projecting, but (laughs) that the world is, like, sort of, kind of, ending, and so you just kind of (laughs) want to see everything? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think everyone, like, that's been a feeling
1: in the world for so long. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, in a sense, it's always been true. I don't know, like, where on that arc we are, actually, you know? <laughs> like, as, as long as the universe has existed, it's been ending, for sure. And, like, our existence is, like, t- very limited. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think, like, in the context of, like, touring or something is kind of what you're saying though like what do you mean about like well like the not caring or just you know? like
0: yeah touring or just like i mean people tour to get the music out for sure um i'm also touring but i'm also visiting countries that i've never seen because like it's funny mm-hmm. when people are touring they just say like yeah i'm touring but like i've never actually spent time in the city yeah. you know because they're only there for like a day for like two days when I went to go see film school in Copenhagen film school they were they were on stage and like we love Copenhagen we we wish we could live here we were here for like three (laughs) days and your your city is amazing but they were there for like three days I was there for like two weeks so I get it and um I don't know I just feel like yeah touring and and staying somewhere definitely a little bit different but i just feel like don't like people want to go out and see the world i mean i don't have the luxury of like I, i mean i don't have like a tour manager or like i'm not on a label where i would tour but i just feel like a little bit in the back of my mind is like i'm just doing this because um i have the time to do it right now to see the world and i just want to see the world while it's still like in one piece
1: yeah i think that's like one of the really dangerous kind of traumas that came out of covid was everyone kind of went like oh you know what like something really could happen at any minute that just tears all the shit down and there's not anyone who's going to save us in fact the people that could are going to actively work against saving us right and i I we internalize that like no matter if that's your opinion or not you Uh know um everyone is living and dealing with that and there's so many different ways that that's like manifesting for people and i think like the need to go immediately travel and like see everything is very much one of those and then you have the opposite where people just like never want to leave the house again basically And like the everything in between those responses to how to deal with it but like none neither of them are dealing with it
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're not getting down to the root of the problem at all no
1: no it's like we to like actually work through that trauma as a society we actually have to look at why that happened how we can prevent these things from happening in the future and like Then you'll, like, know if you naturally want to be, like, touring around or not. Or if it's just, like, trying to run away. (laughs) You know?
0: Are you – do you like planes? Do you like flying? I just – I don't know if this is true or not, but it's, like, because of climate change. That's why, like, turbulence is, like, popping off so much.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I – I grew up flying like a little bit because my uh, my grandparents always lived in the South in the mm-hmm. States and we were living in Canada. So like for a long time, we would drive down, which was like incredible. And I love a really long drive. And I think like those like really long drives listening to music were very influential on in me. But then we started, you know, every once the Christmas, you'd get a flight or something if we could get one in mm-hmm. advance. And I like, got very used to flying. But then once we started doing touring and stuff and going like across the ocean and stuff. I now just like, I really can't stand it. And I think like a bit of that is the COVID thing where it's like, there's something about being locked in that box for six or whatever hours that I just can't stand. I would rather do anything else in the world. Almost to the point where like, I don't even care about being at the other place more than I would care about just spending six hours here in Montreal, like with some friends. Yeah, (laughs) Which is, I'm definitely like, okay, something's happened there. Like the plane is no longer interesting to me like at all and the people that the kind of like internalized angst of everyone right now is so scary to be locked in <laughs> with it everyone is. right now
0: <laughs> did mending light or mending night Did mending <laughs> night come out of just wanting to build with community and is it also at system or do you guys do it other places so I mean, I know what mending night is. What do you you should explain what <laughs> mending night is?
1: <laughs> so I guess mending night is a project that grew out of my Anthropocene kind of upcycled clothing project, which right. was initially just kind of seeing how Virgil Adlaw was putting words on like clothes. and suddenly they were high fashion, right? And being like, oh, so we can recontextualize vintage clothes as high fashion. By styling styling it correctly, but also doing, like, very, like, powerful prints. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that, like, as you learn about kind of that process, you realize you're just feeding into commercialization as much as anything. So you're creating, like, the new, like, uh, gentrifiers of vintage, right? You have all these, like, middle class and up kids buying tons of vintage clothes, reselling them for, like, a lot of expensive money. And it's, like, you're feeding into that. Right. So Mending Night comes out of... A bunch of different things that i was like following and it it was like this miracle that they all like actually made sense in this mm-hmm. one thing so by having people come together and like fix their clothes basically um and having the upcycle designers in the city um offering kind of like they'll either do it for free or they'll teach you how to do it for free mm-hmm. we're kind of like engaging fashion culture in a way that about preserving clothes and not buying more clothes and like taking care of the things we have and why do we value these clothes and kind of creating a place of um elevating the things like i was trying to do with the clothing line Mm -hmm. but what it actually does is creates like a place where, where you're actually needed by other people and you need other people and you have an exchange that's extremely meaningful because like Maybe you need like your clothes fixed or you're the person helping someone fix their clothes, but you're going to have kind of this interaction with someone that is so different contextually than how you meet people at a bar or a Mm -hmm. restaurant. And it creates these really interesting bonds because you know that people have your back and you have other people's backs. And like just to see people kind of like be able to meet people in a new fun way post COVID was really interesting for me. Right. Because I was like, what are we doing with our time? And we hang out. That's like very meaningful to hang out, but like, are we just in a bar kind of like not meeting each other and just kind of like head nodding or like mm-hmm. maybe we are each other, but it's like imposed because we're in the same industry and we have like job connections to have, but just kind of like having a place you can go hang out and like not have to drink, not have to do whatever, but you can um became very interesting for me. And it solved this kind of like fashion problem I was trying to solve um, down to system, which is where we do it now the owners there. Are actually just like really incredible people which you just do not see from people who own venues at Mm. all in the world it's so rare so they let me do the first one at a cafe called osmo which you actually checked out i think while you were here osmo is a gem it's beautiful that's like that was the first place where i was like if you could just come sit in this room and be surrounded by people you would feel great like that would be a great thing that's kind of like why i was drawn to it at first but i actually kind of got to know the owners like through the process of getting interested and we eventually moved it over to system because that's a bit more where the community in montreal is right mm-hmm. now like mm-hmm. down in the plateau is very like student-led mm-hmm. more and it's like more transient people so you just you're kind of asking the people who actually live here to come a bit too far. Mm. And so System ended up being kind of, like, perfect for it. And it's it's been really rad for them to, like, let us do the lucky me parties there and, like, kind of, like, build out, like, a bunch of different cultural ideas from this place. And that's what they want it to be. That's why it's a restaurant and a venue. And they're constantly helping, like, local people get on. It's co-owned by Arbutus Records, too. So shout out (laughs) Arbutus. No
0: way. So I was, like... Sasem and Osmo, there's nothing like that in New York City. And New York City is just, yeah, it's there, there is, but it's not like it's not. I
1: suppose you would have to be so evil to own land in New York City, right? Like it's impossible. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to do in Montreal, but you would have to be like quite down to compromise to be a landowner in New York, I imagine. Yeah. (laughs)
0: exactly exactly (laughs) because New York right now we have a bunch of pop-ups but the pop-ups are like they're one and done you know they're like one and done you move on you you do your thing you you take the photos you put them online you move on and that's just been happening constantly whereas I see the work that you're doing and with that system and at Osmo you want this to be like a family thing like it almost it just keeps on going and like sure there'll be breaks but like you'll just keep on doing it yeah for the greater good i just i just think that for us here we just we just put something out and like yeah i'm glad that that's over with i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's like well I'm i think not. that's like very much the kind of
1: What they're trying to do is like create really meaningful culture in the city and Mm -hmm. provide places that actually kind of can build out all these things. And you just don't see many people starting their projects with that in mind. And that's really what it is, because I've been trying to like basically write out how to start a Mending Night, because the idea is that this is just a night. It's like throwing a DJ night. Everyone can do this everywhere. There are a million different ways and styles to do it. And I really want to help people kind of understand that like all it is is you and some friends out of place fixing clothes for free and like helping each other. And that can grow and it will grow because it's like actually a very engaging, natural social cause. And we actually need to upkeep our clothes. So you have to do it in a sense, or you can ignore it and just buy new clothes forever, which we have been doing. Mm-hmm. But having kind of... um this process of trying to write that I found that it's really hard to tell people how to get these venues because one of the beautiful things about what we're doing is you want to go to System or Osmo you know if we were doing this in kind of like a crafty cafe it would feel very different I really wanted it to have kind of like not like actual sex appeal but like a sexiness a romance to the Mm -hmm. night like I the like chance that like this could be something magical and better, you know, so you really need like a really beautiful venue and you need people who are like going to create an experience that's really nice. So that's been the one I've been struggling with is like, how do you tell someone in New York how to do this if they don't even have access to venues like that? No. And again, I get these. I kind of have these relationships from working in nightlife and freelancing for like a decade. So how do I help like an 18 year old start this somewhere? Cool. Or is that even needed? That's kind of like where I'm debating right now. But it is so helpful to have like people who have access to these beautiful places and are like building culture and like actually want to help you. Because I mean, the first few times, I'm sure we were not even profitable at all for them, even through like wine and food sales. I think only recently that we're like able to pack it out that like they're actually making a decent return on hosting us. Mm -hmm. So that's the other hurdle, you know? It's like you're doing something for free. It's really hard to get people on board unless that's what they believe in, you know?
0: I hate, again, that with money in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> always. But that is really, really cool that, that you're you're doing it. You're doing it. And I mean, yeah, you always... <laughs> It's funny like when I bought this sweater at this vintage store and there was like holes in it I like liked it a lot and but the guy was like here let me let me just like patch it up real quick I can just do it right here and I mean I could have done it at home but I don't don't I, I kind of just don't want to spend my time doing it at home I don't know why.
1: That's like part of the party that's really interesting. It's like it gives you a time to go do that and actually have it be meaningful because Mm -hmm. you're engaging with like larger culture and your actual community, doing something that you kind of already need to do or maybe you're avoiding because exactly it's like not how you imagine spending your day. So how do you make that actually fun? And how do you come away with that? Like maybe making a new friend or like running into a friend you already have or like just making that experience that's like, none of us have ever looked forward to. I don't think in our generation, it's like something part of our life and actually part of our culture so that we can actually like pass that down. Like our kids will know how to mend and they'll go hang out and mend. And like slowly that trickles down and just to being like whatever we decide this new reality can be, you
0: know, and our kids will know how to DJ (laughs) and the producers.
1: Oh yeah, they do. Well, we're already seeing the sad fallout of what happens when you teach the kids to DJ. So (laughs) maybe it's not a good thing. (laughs) It's too many. (laughs)
0: There's there's too many. Are um. So yeah, you're working on the new record.
1: Yeah. So I have. I guess like I'm dabbling with Bloods Boy, who's like one of my favorite artists from China. We've been like kind of collaborating on a record for a year now where I'm sending him a ton of music, He'll like occasionally send like a vocal back. It's like a hilarious process. So that's like I don't know how far along we are in that one, but it's like slowly shaping up now, finally. (laughs) And then um, I'm doing another Little Baby Angel record with Steph, who's the lead singer uh, from the group, Uh, hopefully in the next like three weeks. So we're trying to like rent a house in Montreal right now to kind of like allow a bunch of different artists to come collaborate with us easily within the city in a like very comfortable way that's like not at a record studio and we're hoping to kind of like create the next little baby angel album with like all of our favorite people from Montreal and like kind of create this like super group of the scene for this one project and see what we can do with that so that's like what I'm really excited about and like nothing's made yet but Uh, Steph and I have been talking we've like finally had that breakthrough kind of like on the philosophy of what we were trying to achieve with the first record and like Mm -hmm. what the next thing should be so I'm like really excited about that like hopefully we can get that going ASAP
0: (laughs) are you guys gonna bring all the who's gonna bring since you guys don't want to do it at a recording studio you guys are gonna just provide
1: well what we did the first time it was just in our bedrooms basically and then we got signed to the label and we got a little bit of money and then we just were in a bigger loft doing it together <laughs> so this is like the same thing i think the intimacy everything's off our computers this time we're going to try and do some hardware stuff with uh some really crazy artists in town um But for the most part, we don't need a studio. We just need our computers and a nice microphone so we can get vocals and everything. But it's more about the energy that we can create in the room. And especially we're talking about this like socially this time, it's about how do we create the opportunity for people to actually create music that's natural and describes our time. It isn't like putting yourself in a studio box and trying to make studio music, if that makes sense.
0: I always wondered, about that just making (laughs) like studio music how it's like so different from the the band circuit you know when yeah bands create well it used
1: to be yeah like the band would go you make your music not in the studio you just go to the studio record it you know it like slowly came that but like that's how it's supposed to be and like, even that's part of what we're trying to do is like, how can we kind of make this album a living process while we make it so we can practice songs live and change right. them. Right. on how the crowd gets to that. And people just like lost that. they like, yeah, people. Are like this.
0: <laughs> I, it's why it's so alienated. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like I'm not throwing anyone out under the bus there here, but it's just like my, one of my friends there it's not a good friend but like <laughs> one of my friends who like runs a recording studio like i know how it works like i yeah. I write music i have it all written down i have played it out and then like with a band or not i'll go into the studio record it like pay my homies my homie will give me a like a good rate and then like then send it to mastering like or send it to my friends and then, then we're gonna get it mastered and then that, that's it and just like keep it really really chill with, with this other homie like was the studio music it's like this like big money it's just like this rate and I was just like yo we're not even we're not even there yet like we didn't even do anything and you're giving me this yeah. rate that's that's funny because you don't even know if it's gonna come out good or not even or even not yeah. decent. And, and you gave me this yeah. gigantic red. Like that that's so funny to me because, like, you don't even know what it sounds like. Yeah. I don't even know what's gonna come out of my mouth. Like, I don't <laughs> even really know what my voice is gonna sound like. This is my first time doing it of like a different genre and doing studio yeah. music, but the money, the the price thing is like right there, and I was just like, yo, that's like not sexy. There's no, there's no story whatsoever. And the funny part was that like you texted me saying like, oh, we should have got a selfie like before you left. So like, we're like working. I was like, dude, what? You got this all backwards, bro. Like, that's like not how it works. Like, that's so crazy to me.
1: Well, that's something like. I mean just in the whole aspect of music and working for the label and like how do you develop artists and like what has been lost like why are we not developing artists anymore in general like it's you you're just like a 16 year old with a hit song and then you have a career or you they try to make you have a career and like keep forcing it down our throats but it it's just like the classic band circuit we just lost that idea that you're supposed to gig this shit out like And not because you're, like, making a living gigging. That's, like, obviously the important part of it. But it's, like, because you're learning how to play the songs better. You're learning what the crowd likes in real life, like, real people. And you're, like, slowly shaping this music that's actually in conversation with them. But when you just go from, like, your bedroom to the studio, like, to the high castle or whatever, you never interface with the people the music's actually for. Unless you're really doing a heady, like, bedroom record for people to, like, listen to alone at night you know but it's like otherwise you really need to be like engaging with people and like building these songs live with the crowd and that's so lost and that builds you as an artist and it builds your songs too so that when you go to the studio and you record it it has some of that magic that you've like found through like doing it a thousand times you know
0: uh, holy. and that's the thing like i feel like all these songs that you listen to even with bands that came out with amazing records like the first like three records and then they get big right and then they're now the like the newer records you're like okay but you can like you can feel it out that the magic is kind of gone
1: well i've thought about that a lot because obviously you're like how do you survive as an artist it seems like you turn like 40 and then like you just start making like absolutely bullshit if you're a musician <laughs> and it's like it's because you stop engaging with culture it's that same thing it's like you get rich you start staying at home or only going to like fancy places only being around these people and you lose the culture that like made you great because you were like in the streets in london or you were like wherever in the scene in new york and you were actually engaging with all these people right. taking on influence responding to them and once you're too high and mighty for that Which is hard, too. You know, no one can last forever in these things. They're, like, very hard to, like, survive in a scene world and, like, be at gigs and gig all the time. So it makes sense that as you got older, you would, like, kind of, like, shy away from it. But that's the death knell. It's, like, if you don't do that, if you engage the entire time, I think your career can be, like, very different. And that's, you know, what everyone loses.
0: (laughs) Man, lucky me is very lucky to have you, (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh thanks man i i'm i i hope that we can take all this stuff and just genuinely help build artists careers and develop people to the point where we're really creating a healthy scene of musicians and music and like we need
0: that we all need that <laughs> we all do um it, it's i don't know any other i mean i do i do but like <laughs> this is the one record label where i'm very familiar with all the artists on 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 the ro- roster um oh, yeah and just to like meet the man they're very genuine yeah and also like you guys are like heavily into design as well so it just makes it much easier I guess
1: yeah I mean Dom Dominic Flanagan who uh one of the guys who started it with Martin um is just like an incredible designer like old school designer almost in the sense where like his type and his like understanding of layout is just so good and he's been able to like bring that to all the artists for this whole entire time and that was like even before I knew Lucky Me like personally that kind of just comes across to you and that's like it's so important to have someone who can like do that type of visual communication, especially for a label, which is essentially just like communicating that all these things are together and what they mean together. Um, So that he's just been like a blessing to work with in that sense, too, because you just learn so much about how to make this work for people and make it invisible in a way so the artists can like really express themselves at the same time. You're not like overwhelming them with your stuff. So that's like part of what I'm trying to like learn how to do now is I like start taking over creative direction of all this stuff. It's like, how do I incorporate that and still bring in kind of like the philosophy I'm developing and kind of have these like old school design principles that are like mm-hmm. kind of being lost in time, especially as everyone gets into like goopy, really loud, overstimulating design, like going mm-hmm. back and pairing everything to the actual kind of like basics is very useful. And like it's going to stand out as everything gets more and more
0: crazy <laughs> It really is. It really is. And I don't know. Uh, what I also love about Lucky Me is that you got, with speaking of, on type, you guys still manage to have everyone on the, the label, everyone on the roster be like, everyone's a different musician, but it's like everyone's like similar in and i know when you guys share the same type it's just like everyone's Mm -hmm. like equal kind of like you guys just signed dos right and it's like but it feels like dos has been on there for a minute yeah
1: i think that's like the interest of martin and dom and kind of the whole thing always being about stuff that they like really rode for and like really being like we want to make this artist have a career rather than being like oh we want to like make a ton of money off this person and then you start just taking whoever is hot you know it's Mm -hmm. like actually like is this person a real artist and like what's their intention with what they're doing and like can we help them and I think that like comes through because you get all these artists that have this like genuine connection even if it's not exactly the same aesthetic which I think you're kind of picking up on it's like this like underlying taste of these people and like the whole community because like as kind of it's all grown I think we all kind of get brought in on a conversation like yo do you know so and so like we really like this demo like what do you think about this and it kind of like grows naturally that way so it does have this kind of community feel even if like everyone's like across the world and like doing very different stuff well
0: I wonder who the next signee is going (laughs) to (laughs) be I think think there's a meeting going on right now for one of those so we'll see (laughs) crazy crazy well, hats off to you and everything that you do for some just where many hat solutions. Yo, you should let me shoot the next Lucky Me collection. Trey's photos were sick. Dude. But love yeah, to I know more your Lucky
1: photos from the live. That was so sick. I, I was actually like, we need to get him to kind of like do more of these. I'd love to
0: like have you like officially photograph some stuff down the line. That'd be so dope. So sick. Wow. My name <laughs> in a Lucky Me meeting, tight. <laughs> I mean it's probably already happened. I'm sure. <laughs> Cameron, uh, where is a place you like to go to hang your hat on? Whether it's, you know, come up with ideas for the the upcycling or writing music. It could be in Montreal or it could be anywhere in Canada or anywhere in the world. I
1: think it's like a little bit probably cheesy from my like who i am and what i'm doing but there's a down my street i think i sent you to larry's Mm -hmm. it's like a little like small plate restaurant in montreal but it's like just run by like a really great group of people and everyone who works there is really great so like if i'm like just need an escape almost like a mind massage i'll just go get like two plates or something and like a glass of wine and like surrounded by like really interesting people and have a really good vibe. And that kind of like escape has always been able to just reset me no matter what. And I really appreciate that. Like having that locally and like being able to kind of no matter what's going on, just like take a second and kind of like spa yourself in a certain way. (laughs) Thank you so much
0: for um, (laughs) bringing sending us there because we did walk (laughs) by there and it was always popping, but other friends have also taught us to go there too but when we went there and we were getting a drink or like a small bite they were playing all of the classics from uh like 2010 like indies like they're playing like <laughs> grizzly bear destroyer but like i'm talking early days and my mind was blown i was like and it, it immediately kind of reminded me of portland oregon for just like a hot second
1: yeah no i know what you mean about that though yeah, it has like everyone there like everyone working there is probably an artist i mean i haven't had like a direct confirmation of everything but everyone's made i mean this is montreal if you work in the food scene or like anywhere it's like you're probably a practicing artist and like when you're like just a good person also that's just like such a good combo for like being anywhere you know
0: so true so true <laughs> yeah that and then we went down like wikipedia pages of all these previous bands and where where they're at and i just felt like that is like a great space to just do all that and then yeah everyone definitely i mean looked like an artist but i i really wanted if we had more time because we had to go to the airport i would have loved to learn everyone's yeah yeah like what they're doing What they're yeah i mean doing. that's why
1: it's beautiful they like treat it like a local even though it is like quite upscale and you can get some like snooty customers in there, but the people who like are actually working there are very cool.
0: <laughs> Cameron, if you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? Wow, fuck. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've thought about this. You want to have like I think you want to have a word that's really hard. Like mm. I there was someone I knew that was like had the sickest tattoo on her neck and it said die alone.
0: And that's I always sick. thought
1: that was so sick. <laughs> so maybe I'll just steal her a piece and do
0: die alone. I just a little momentum more. <laughs> Keep it going. That's so good. <laughs> I love that. And it doesn't even sound, it doesn't even feel morbid either. It's just,
1: no, it's just hard. It's just great. <laughs> it's like great to see you're like, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> Plug your socials. Where can people find you?
1: On Instagram, it's uh, Cameron.Morse, which mm-hmm. is like Morse, M-O-R-S-E. And then uh, Twitter, which I may return to one day, is uh, CMRN.Morse uh, at whatever the Twitter thing is called now. Also, uh, just CameronMorse.com is my website. That's kind of where I discuss Mending Night and my like ideas of what I'm trying to do with upcycled fashion and all of that stuff. It's so a so group. If you want to do it's favorite. a great website. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Tried to make something a little bit different and go away from the really splashy, like crazy web design stuff everybody's doing and just like present information cleanly. <laughs>
0: that, that's what I like about you right now. Everything that we've talked about this whole podcast was about the regular social norms and how you want to go different.
1: Yeah, I just want I want better for all of us. <laughs> and I think all these norms are just like so bad. And they're, they're made by people who don't necessarily care about us. And we go along with it because we just don't imagine we could change it through like our actions. And that's kind of like what I'm trying to do through all my work is illuminate that we have that power and like show people, even if it's like a small step, hopefully it inspires people to like take those next steps and like actually build it out.
0: Wow, that was that's fascinating. It's actually truly, like, the keys. Because, yeah, when I was on your website, I was like, yo, this doesn't even talk about music. It's so crazy. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I know that's maybe a problem, though. I probably have to figure out how to do that also. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Cameron, for coming on Wear Many Hats. It was great to have you. Thank you so much, man. It was great running into you. It was great running into you at what coffee shop was that called? Dispatch.
1: Dispatch on St. Laurent. The homies. Yeah, beautiful spot.
0: Well, we'll definitely come back to Montreal, and I can't right. wait for the next Lucky Me session. Oh, yeah. Very soon,
1: actually. I actually have to go figure that out right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Till next time, this is Where Many Hats, presented by Dessar, and I'm Rashad. Peace. Peace.